Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Good afternoon, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well today. It's a gloomy, rainy Wednesday, the 5th, Cinco de Mayo. doesn't really feel quite like summer's coming, but uh, it is on its way. Today we want to continue our series called Change Our Perspective as we ask the Lord to change our perspective on some really important things, maybe things we've taken for granted. And we're going to continue talking about the church, at least for this week. And we're going to call today's podcast Group Project. Group Project. And we'll take a look at a passage from Romans 12 here in a little bit. But this past Sunday, we spoke on the topic of fellowship. And it was a really important topic to honestly think about the same way in a different perspective of how important fellowship and unity is to us as Christians through the church. And it's something that I really needed to hear, needed to study, needed to listen to because I have unappreciated or depreciated the church growing up and and fellowship is something that I believe now to be crucial for my soul. And and so it was something that I really needed to wrap my mind around, something I had been thinking about for a long time anyways, and God just sort of cemented it in my mind and gave it um, just the necessary, I don't know, glue, I guess, in my mind to make it what it always should have been. Today we want to talk about group project. I don't know if you guys have ever had one of those growing up and going to school, a group project. Uh, typically this is how it goes, at least in schools that I went to. Um, they would... Every now and then a teacher would say, we're going to do a project in a group and I'm going to assign you three other people to do a project together. And looking back, I had no idea why they decided to do it this way or if they were trying to actually build, you know, unity or team building exercises. I don't really know what the point of group projects were. And I only had a handful of them. But I remember being assigned to a certain number of group projects with three or four people. And typically what would happen is you'd have to get together with those three people uh, initially, right at the beginning, and then you'd have to get together two or three more times during the couple weeks that you were supposed to be working on this thing together, and you'd have to sort of unify and talk about what you're supposed to do and who's doing what and how's it going and you know what what angle and what direction should we go. And I remember some of those not going so well. You know, you'd always have one very gung ho person, the person that kind of takes on the leadership responsibility and is going to take the group in a good direction. And then you at least have one other person who has no interest at all in doing something. So you kind of have this top heavy group, um, which is, you know, pretty common in any sort of group setting. You have one or two people doing most of the work and one or two people lagging behind. But at the end of this group project, you all were going to hand your work in and you all had a role to play and you're all going to get a grade based on that group project. And some teachers did it a certain way, like you'd hand in a group project and everybody would get the same grade or no, they'd they'd grade you individually based on what your role was. But for the sake of our lesson today, I want to think about a group project where everybody gets the same grade. Um, Today we want to talk about a group project in Romans chapter 12 that kind of comes up. And if you'll see this today, if the Lord will allow us to see this, then maybe it'll change your perspective on how important it is to fellowship and unify with our church because we're doing something together. Whether we want to or not, God has built it this way. And I was speaking with a friend of mine this past week, and he's the one that brought up this idea of group project about the church. And I just thought it was a really good metaphor for what God has called us to. And maybe group project has a bitter taste in your mouth. Maybe if you've had one of those experiences like I did, group project is nothing that you really want to think about in terms of the church. But it's kind of the way 
that we need to look at it because as we'll break it down into four steps here in a little bit, this group project that God has placed us in is important for us completing the project and getting the grade that we need to pass Judgment Day. And Judgment Day is sort of the biggest test we'll ever face you know, in any part of our life. And it's it's to come. It's in the future. And the scriptures speak very candidly about Judgment Day, that it's going to happen, and it's, it's very important, and God is going to judge us based on our works. And theologically, you know, according to doctrine and scripture, um, that's okay to do. Because when he judges us according to our works, those works will prove what we are, what we did, who we followed, who we belong to. And, and he can just judge us according to our works because the works will reveal our heart. And it's going to be the group standing together on Judgment Day. And I don't necessarily think we're all going to get the same grade or all going to stand there together as a church body, but you can see the language from Romans 12 that I'm going to read right now. It says in verse 4 of Romans 12, For as in one body we have many members... So I want you to picture a body. That's, that's what Paul is going for. Picture a body with many different body parts. He says there's one body, but there's many different body parts in that body. He said, and the members do not all have the same function. Correct. Eyes see, hands do hand things. They feel, they grab, they hold. Legs walk and bend and minds think and noses smell. And I don't have to tell you what a body does, but that's what Paul is saying. We have one body with many members all doing different functions. He says in verse 5, So we, the church, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. So we're one body in Christ, but we're also one body together as the church. He says in verse 6, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. He said, Let us use them in prophecy, in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. That's where we'll stop today. I want you to notice the group project that's going on here, okay? There's one group, but there's different functions. There are di different roles within this group. Now, this group can be made out of just a handful of people. There are churches that small. And that's, that's necessary, or maybe that's how God has called it, and maybe it's a church plant, whatever, whatever it is, maybe it's a house church. There are churches that it's only a handful of people, but at least it's more than one or two people. And in that classic passage where Jesus says, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. Saying if it's as minimum as small as two or three, that's all you need to be a church and to have this group project. Now, that's not necessarily ideal. Probably we should at least have, you know, over 10 or dozens to bring just various different gifts and abilities and strength into that group project. But it doesn't tell us the size. And the size really isn't that important. What he's going to say today is that you're in a group, okay? And that group has been constructed with various different members, with various different talents. And those talents, when they come together, they, they make one strong unit, or you could think about sports. You know, I remember the classic Hoosiers movie where he says the coach is coaching the guys, the young five Indiana high school basketball guys, and he's saying, listen, basketball is a team sport. It's five players functioning as, as one team, and if we play that way, we're going to win. And if we get selfish with this thing, we're not going to win. Well, that's kind of the mindset we need to think about with the church as well. Only the church 
is crucial for you and I doing well in this Christian race, doing well on Judgment Day. That if you and I are going to follow Jesus well, we're going to have to commit to this group project. Now, most group projects that I experienced growing up, if somebody saw one or two people not carrying their load, then they would end up carrying the load for everybody else because there wasn't really a lot of option. You can go and try to yell at that person and say, get with the program, you're dragging all of us down. Or typically what happened is if you didn't want to fight, you would just simply carry more of the load. And that happens in churches. That, that does. There are top-heavy churches. and may, Maybe in America, that's, that's the norm. You have one or two or three leaders doing a lot of the carrying, a lot of the work, and you have a lot of people just sitting on the sidelines. Sadly, that's kind of the model here in America, but that was never supposed to be the model. The model was everybody chipping in together, doing their role, carrying their own load. And I'm going to give us four steps before we close today. Four steps for completing this group project. If you understand that this group project is necessary for your success, and it is, according to Scripture, and if you remember our last two lessons, if you haven't listened to those, you can go check those out. The first one is called Lean On Me, and the second one is called In the Trenches. So lean on me in the trenches. And it's interesting how those two phrases kind of go together. Lean on me in the trenches. But if you want to check those out, you can check them out on our website, wyomingvalleychurch.org. But I'm going to give you four practical steps for completing this group project because this group project is crucial for my soul, for your soul, for the completion of this project, for a good grade on the last day that it will be proven that we did belong to Jesus. We did follow him. We did love him. That's what we're all trying to prove on the last day. And our works and our commitment to this group project will validate that. And if we don't, then it will also validate that we didn't belong to the Lord. We didn't love the Lord. We weren't a part of his church. And so here's four steps. Number one is this. And it's it's kind of the mantra for every group project. Everyone should do this. Step number one is commit. Commit to the group project. Do not be a flake Do not let others carry your load. Every single person in the church, I don't care if you're a child, meaning physically or spiritually, you just came to Jesus Christ and you don't know a ton and you're still coming out of your sins and you're still trying to figure out this Christianity thing. It doesn't matter. Every single person in the Christian race needs to commit. That is not a step of maturity. That is a step of elementary, if you will. That's the first thing you and I need to do is commit to the Lord and commit to his calling to us in the church. And the first thing we need to do with this group project is say, I'm in. I'm in. I don't know exactly what it's going to entail or look like or expect of me, but I want to. It is my privilege. God has called me out of my sins. He has called me to live this Christian life and to follow my Lord unto the kingdom of heaven. And now he has something for me to do in this life. And it's a group project. And I'm going to commit to this because it's important And sadly, here in the American church, another problem we have is nobody's committed. Everybody's coming in and out as they please. It's like a revolving door of of committed or lack of committed people. They come in, they serve when they want to, they come when they want to, um, when they don't, when they're sick, when they're tired, when they're busy, when there's other things going on, when there's vacations, when there's holidays, when there's birthday parties, uh, sports schedules, they don't come. And so, again, we don't have any commitment today. And that's really, really hurting this group project. Because again, you're forcing other people to carry the load that weren't supposed to carry loads beyond their own load. But we need to commit to the group project. And every single person has to do this for this group project to succeed. 
and a lot of people aren't right now. And if you're listening to this podcast, I hope that you already have. But if you haven't, that's step one. You need to say to the Lord, I'm in. I'm in. You've crafted me. You've called me. You've given me specific talents and abilities to suit this group project, to make it successful. And even though I don't believe my part in this project is that significant, you say otherwise, Lord. You say it's crucial for me to commit and that everyone in this group needs my strength, needs my skill set. And I'm going to give to the Lord that. Whatever it requires, however it looks, I'm going to commit. I'm not going to be a flake. I'm not going to do this on my own terms. I'm going to say to the Lord, this is your church. This is your design. And I'm going to do it. And that's, boy, if we get to step one, if we all get to step one, this thing is going to take off. This thing is going to start going well. And it's not going well yet because here in America, we don't commit. Again, church has become in the nooks and crannies of our lives. We just kind of fit it in wherever it fits. And it's kind of extras. It's kind of gravy. It's kind of the cherry on the ice cream. It's like, yeah, it's nice to have, but it's not essential. These things called family and work and hobbies and holidays and vacations, those are essential. And church is nice if it works out. And that's completely the opposite. We want the Lord to change our perspective and see this group project as the most important thing because we are the body of Christ. And it is a privilege to be part of the body of Christ because there was a time that I was not a part of the body of Christ and neither were you. That means you were on your own. That means you were in your sins. That means you belonged to the devil. That means you were destined for hell. And now that you've been called to this group project, step number one is commit. Get in and stay in. And give your talents, give your time, give your energy, give your focus to serving the Lord within this group project. I hope that's obvious, but it needs to be stated, so we do. That's step number one. Step number two is to do your job and focus on your own work. And again, if we all commit, which is step number one, that's why step one comes before step two, this will be a lot easier. If we've all committed, then I can focus on what I need to do because God has given me a specific set of skills. No, I'm not Liam Neeson in Taken, but he has given me a specific set of skills as a pastor that are different from the skills that you have received. And your skills are just as important as my skills. We glorify pastors because they're the leaders and they're the ones that are carrying most of the load and they're the ones who are talented and they're the ones who are really walking with the Lord. But that's not really the, the way it's supposed to be. We're all supposed to be committed. We're all supposed to be loving the Lord. We're all supposed to be giving to the Lord what he has given to us. And so we take those talents, we take those abilities, and we focus on our own job and our own role. And every group project that I was in, there was something that I was supposed to do and there were other things that I wasn't supposed to worry about. I was supposed to trust that the other parts of the group project were being taken care of by the other members in that project. So there's a safety in that, that I'm supposed to focus on my role. And when I focus on my role and my work, and everyone's committed, everyone's focusing on their role and their work, then A, I don't get burnout. I do what God has called me to do. I have the grace to do that job. And B, there's a level of trust that when I do my job, others next to me are doing their job as well. Can I be honest with you? As a pastor, I struggle with that one. And I think that's a common struggle for most pastors because a lot of pastors end up carrying more load than they're expected to carry because people don't commit and people don't show up on time and people cancel last minute and people let vacations and holidays and jobs and sports dictate their schedules. So the pastors show up on Sundays or Wednesdays or whatever else they gather and, and there's people 
they aren't there. They're supposed to be there. And, you know, all of a sudden this pastor's scrambling. He's going, oh man, I got to do this now. I got to do this now. And he ends up carrying more load. And that's when burnout happens. And that's why pastors eventually have to take these huge long vacations called sabbaticals where for six to eight months they turn their brain off and they stop being a pastor because it's just too much. But man, if we were all committed, if we were all focusing on our own job, then the pastors too could focus on their own job, what God has called them to, and they could do it with excellence and care and great, um, what's the word? Great, uh, not determination, great detail. There it is. Excuse me. I would edit that out, but I want you guys to know I'm human. And sometimes even as a pastor, I forget the word I want. But I could focus on the great detail that it takes to do my job well. But that's going to take every single one of us focusing on our own work. Again, Paul says, if it's service, serve. If it's teaching, teach. If it's exhortation, exhort. If it's encouragement, encourage. If it's give, give. If it's mercy, show mercy. Focus on your own job. And this thing will go well if we all do that. That's step two. Step three is encourage the group. Now, that, that is different than staying in our own job and doing our own job. That's different. When I encourage the group, I'm not doing someone else's job. I'm simply saying to my group, keep going. Or, man, I'm praying for you. Or, man, I need you. Or, man, it's good to see you. Or, man, we, we really missed you on Sunday. You know, in, in other words, we need you for this group project to go well. And I wish, again, if we were doing those three things, we would be doing quite well. We're all committed. We're focused on our own job and we're encouraging those in our group, the ones who are doing stuff, to keep going. The ones who aren't doing, we come alongside them with grace and, and kindness and we say, hey, we need you. You know, we need you. We missed you. And, you know, this Sunday we, we were hurting because you weren't there. And this Wednesday I, I, I didn't see you. I wasn't able to fellowship with you. And, you know, I haven't heard from you in a long time. And how's it going? And, you know, we, you know I, don't, I don't like being away from you this long. And, boy, if we had a lot of that going on in the church, not in a judgmental way because there's, there's a much different way to do that. That's not encouragement when we come down on somebody and we say, you know, you're kind of dropping the ball. There is a time and a place for that. But if we did it seasoned with salt in the efforts of encouragement, then we could come together and really bring those parts who aren't really holding their own, right? And we could bring them back into the group. And for those ones who are carrying their load, is encourage them to keep going, to say, hey, man, we're so thankful you're here. You're doing a great job. Keep going. Don't lose heart. You're doing fantastic. Man, I've gained so much from being next to you. I'm gaining so much from your skill set. Please keep going for the Lord's sake. And if we did those three things, this church would be going well. Every church would be doing well. And there's one more step. Do it for the Lord. Don't forget who this is about. This group project is for the Lord. Now, yes, it's also a validation to see if we belong to the Lord. But in a nutshell, at its heart, at its core, it's, it's a gift back to the Lord because he loves us and he's proven that and he died for us and now he's telling us this is what I want. You know, it's Mother's Day coming up. It's, it's only a few days from Mother's Day and I've been rattling my brain to think of what to get my wife and what to get my mom, you know, and my mother-in-law. And there's, there's women in my life who have been so, so big in my life and, and I, I want to honor them. And even though every holiday is a man-made thing, it's, it's, it's a time that we can honor people in our life who deserve it. And I'm thinking about what to get my wife and my mom and my mother-in-law and, and going, man, I want to honor these women in my life who are mothers and they deserve it. And so what should I get them? And I'm thinking and I'm, 
you know, rattling in my brain, you know, what, what's the best gift? What would honor them the most? What would make them the happiest? Man, don't you want to do that with the, for the Lord? The Lord has given us an opportunity to give something back to him, and that is our life. And that's what he wants. He wants our life. And he wants this group project, and he wants it done well, and he wants it done with excellence. He wants it done with care. He wants it done with detail. He wants it done with love. And when we do that, it's a sweet-smelling sacrifice unto his nose. And, and, and I want that for the Lord, and I know you want that for the Lord. I want this to be done well. And that's why I serve as a pastor. I want to give a life back to the Lord and to be able to say to him on the last day, this is for you because of what you've done for me. And yeah, sometimes I get tired and weary and, and beaten down and I want to quit because it's hard and I want to go do something easier. And then I remember, wait a minute, this is for the Lord. It's not even for the people in my group project. It's not for myself primarily. It's for the Lord all my encouragement, all my motivation, all my discipline comes from that. He is worthy of this. And I'm going to do it. And even if those next to me don't, I'm still going to. Because he's worthy of it. So I, I want us to commit to this group project. Because, man, that's what we've been called to. Strong, faithful commitment. Number two, to do our job and focus on our own tasks. We need to do that primarily and not worry about what everyone else isn't doing. Let's focus on what we are supposed to do. Three, let's encourage our group. Uplift them, edify them, strengthen them, come alongside of them and encourage them to keep going or to come back in and help us once again. And number four, do it for the Lord. Do it for him. Have him on your mind and on your heart to say, Jesus, I love you. And here's what I want to give back to you. You are worthy of this group project. This is called the church. This is your body, and one day it's going to be a sacrifice given to you in honor of who you are and what you've been in my life. And I want the Lord to be pleased on the last day. I want my wife happy on Mother's Day. I want my mother and my mother-in-law happy on Mother's Day. I want them to be content. I want them to be feel special for what they are. And a hundredfold, I want it for the Lord. I want to be able to say to him on the last day, man, you're worthy of what I gave you. I did it well. I did it with excellence. I did it with detail. I did it with love because of who you are. It wasn't perfect, but I love you. And here's an example of that. When my children give me something that they've made on their own, when they do that on their own and they come alongside and say, Dad, I, I, I did this for you. And they, they didn't have to. They made me a picture or they did something for me or they got me a drink or whatever. And I could tell it's just from their heart. It's special. And I want us to remember that this group project is for the Lord and we can do it for him and we should do it for him. Guys, if we'll remember that, if we'll keep our perspective on the church as a group project, um, it's not the only perspective, but it is a good one that we can do this properly and do it with strength and do it for the Lord. And I pray this would bless you, that you'd think about it this way, that you'd commit to your church, invest in your church and do it primarily for Jesus, but also for your own soul and the souls of those who are part of your body because you're all supposed to work together. That's how this thing functions and goes and goes well and, and is strong and is edifying and is pleasing to the Lord. And I pray that we do it that way. Thank you for listening. May it be a blessing to your heart today to get at this group project and to do it for Jesus. Many blessings. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. 
Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.